back to the Create Radio Show. Um, for joining us today, you woke up sanctified and <laughs> saved. Hallelujah. I'm here with my co-host, Jason Evans. Hallelujah. Chris Hainsworth. Hallelujah. Hi. <laughs> Say hallelujah, Chris. Hallelujah. Thank you. <laughs> um, and Kyle's not here, so. Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Create a radio show. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, girls. <laughs> well, everybody. Uh, how's it going? Good week? Great week. It's been a great week. Wow. That's awesome. Two great weeks. Wow. Yeah. Would you guys like to expand on that? You weren't here. I had. Oh, <laughs> no, thanks. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Thank Where's you. The... Nah, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I work out of the office for a week and everyone's throwing a party. No, it's just silent. No. It's just silent. It's just wow. sad. Yeah, it is sad. So, great weeks. That's good. Mm-hmm. Glad you guys. So, that means you guys had good Easter's, good Resurrection Sundays. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. It's always good to hear. Uh, Resurrection yeah. Sunday's good. It's risen. Good Sunday. He is risen. Indeed. Indeed. He stays risen. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> no Easter eggs for me this year. <laughs> Didn't hunt any? No. Well, normally my grandparents, like, they they let me participate in the Easter egg hunts for a while because they would put money in them. Oh, um, wow. but this year I just got the stimulus instead. Uh-huh. So, did you get yours finally? Well, funny thing. Hope the IRS isn't listening. Uh-oh. You got two. <laughs> um, no. So still waiting on mine. My dad called me last week and was like, "Hey, just letting you know, we got our stimulus and they paid us for five people in the household." So he basically mm. just gave me my cut. Oh, wow. Well, that's nice of him. Yeah, it was nice. I was like, wow, thank you. I don't think there's um, a chance my dad would have done that. <laughs> I think... <laughs> no, I think he, they want me to buy a new car. So oh, that's probably... It was probably to, like a little... Mm. They yeah, still want to give your car to your sister? Well, yeah, they do. But she had a soccer game last week as well. And so my dad came and he rode with me while we were driving to dinner. And he was like, wow, this... <laughs> It's kind of your brakes are, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, why? Well, I don't know. And I'm like, mm-hmm. And so they're really just, you know, go buy a car. Just mm-hmm. scooting on, huh? So yeah. I think I'm gonna save up and buy the new Tesla truck. So wow, uh-huh. the goals right there. Yeah. That's oh. what happens when you work at a nonprofit. <laughs> nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll pray that you receive that Tesla truck whenever it comes out. So. Congratulations, Chris. New car on the horizon for you? No, no, no new car. I can't, can't do that. Nothing. New How wife, you? though. Yeah. New How wife, you though. <laughs> Shout out to my lady. How are the wedding plans coming? You're what, four, five, five yeah. weeks? Uh, too soon. Um, it's uh, no, <laughs> not, not, not too, too soon, not to, too be soon to be married. Let me clarify <laughs> that for all you listeners. I'm more than excited to get married because my lady is... Amazing. I don't know if you I'm I'm not excited about all the things that in between now and the wedding. Yeah. Because it's still happening. Still a lot of things to go. Yeah. Uh, but I finally got invitations out yesterday. So wow, now, congratulations. So, yeah. So cool. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll no I will leave the person responsible for being late unnamed, but uh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Isn't wow. she like never mind. You Do can you cut this out. There? No, you go. She won't listen to this. I don't care. She also has a name similar to a teenage witch. Correct? Yes, uh, it rhymes with uh, <laughs> Debrina. <laughs> so, wow, Selena, freaking Debrina. You could have said Selena. <laughs> I know why Debrina. It was like the, the instead of a uh, little Deborah, you it were was like little Husky Deborah. Deborah. <laughs> husky Deborah. Husky Deborah. Like, yeah. Husky Deborah. But not Husky Dan. <laughs> no, it's always Deborah. Oh, man. Well, Chris, uh, since you're on such a high right now with the wedding coming up, I think it's time we go ahead and do top three. Top three. Okay. Top three. Favorite creative elements, things, you name it, very broad, that you've, you are most proud of. So that could be either something you create as in like photo, video, music, a PSD. It could be, It's that broad. Just the three most proudest things you are... Wait, that made no sense. The three 
most proud things you've ever created. You were going to make us feel conceited. Here. I remember. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's kind of hers. I just thought of one. Oh, it's good. Go ahead. It's so much potential. That's very broad. I, in high school, sewing, in, in home ec in high school, I made, I took, um, like, this old denim dress, and I, like, sewed off, or I cut off the top half, and then I, like, sewed tulle on the bottom, and made this, like, overall dress thing. Everybody hated on it. Fast forward three years later, what do we see at New York Fashion Week? Yeah. You could have had a had a career in fashion. Yeah, I, I just, mean you still can. Like that's not right. Well, that'd be nice. But I just liked it a lot because it was very like everybody around me was questioning it, and I, at the time, I was like, "Oh no!" But I like this. Hmm. I think this looks good. Um, You're a trendsetter. I try. Um, second. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like. It was one of the first times I, like, was learning Photoshop and I, like, traced these hands to make, like, a very post about all the things going on with Black Lives Matter. Mm. Um, It was a cool drawing. Kind of my first, I don't know. Like dabble. Yeah, dabble. Um, Third, (coughs) shameless plug, but I wrote a song (laughs) called Honest. Would you like to play it right now? No. <laughs> it's <laughs> not good. Here's a snippet. No. <laughs> That's not really. No, sounds that better than whatever I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like how the song's wrote, but the, the recording of it's not very good, mm. just because I made it on GarageBand, but I was proud well, to put cool. it out there. So that's what I've got. It's great to be proud of what you mm-hmm. produce. That's cool. So, so question, is it something like my hands only? Or is it like a collaborative work or anything like Does that count? It's only you. Okay. Wow. Yeah, because I was going to say the first video we made together. Well, that's my number three, though. But I, I'm i talking yeah, about the edit. Yeah, cheating now. The edit. <laughs> the edit of it. Oh, the gotcha. Got, yeah, that was solely you. That was yeah. you. I don't know if this ever made it very far, but when I was in graduate school, I had to create the Oklahoma State was creating a sports media degree that it didn't exist when I was in school. And What? Okay, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> what? I preface by saying I don't know if it ever went anywhere, but for my, my senior project or my graduate school project, I had to create a promotional piece to promote this new degree that they had never offered before. Mm. So it was a cool project because I got to interview coaches and do some stuff like that uh, on campus. But, you know, basically I just turned it in and got a grade, and I don't think they ever used it, but I thought the outcome was great. So does that make you feel better? No, they're just fancy. <laughs> fancy. D1 schools are fancy. Well, they are. They weren't as fancy back then as they are now. Um, so that would be one. I'm trying to think. Uh, I did a video for our district council. I think it was the first year we were, I think it was my third one. I was I was on staff. And uh, just really liked the video, the way it turned out. We did kind of like a flashback scene. We had like a minister who was reflecting on like, you know, 40 years of service. And so we, we actually, it's the most like, Hey, we've got people with props and it was like a period piece. So we we're like flashing back to like the fifties. So we had people dressed like that, uh, made our lighting, you know, super mood lighting. We had, uh, we built our own jib, um, just out of aluminum from Lowe's. So that was a fun project. Uh, so that one, and let me think third one. Um, I so I didn't think I would be proud of this because I didn't think it was that good at first. But then I saw, um, so I I like to doodle uh, like stadiums and stuff. I've always done it for years. We moved my mom last weekend, and I found she kept like sketchbooks mm-hmm. that I just draw all these stadiums. So I did one of a soccer stadium for a friend, and uh, then I didn't know he was going to do this, but he actually blew it up and hung it on his wall. And so that was just really cool. That was you know. Wow. But anyway, Chris. Hmm. Um. I would go for my third. Would be the edit for the. We could be the ones opener for Sparks. Woo! That was uh. That kind of made me realize like, whoa, this is basically just like a collage of elements that look really good together, and that's how I I kind of edit things nowadays. Um, number two would be 
um, a song I wrote in my sophomore year of college. Let's go. Uh, it's very theologically probably not correct, <laughs> but it's it was it came from a complete place of honesty. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was definitely like the I don't know the most honest I've ever been openly okay. about things. So song's called Follow You. So check it out on nowhere because you're never going to hear it. <laughs> on your song's MySpace. Called yeah. On my MySpace. Space Hey. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> that's it. number one would be the very first Star, uh, uh, star, star Photo. Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> the very first Star Wars. I, I helped George Lucas with that. Um, no, but um, the very first <laughs> astrophotography shot I ever got. Sadly, I have my camera on JPEG only. But uh, I would. It was the first shot I ever took of the the night sky. Literally, just set the camera up. Didn't know what was going to happen, but as soon as that picture popped up on the the screen, I'm like, I'm hooked. You this knew is it was amazing. meant to be. So yeah. So yeah. That's cool. Well, that's a great question, Chris. This has been top three. Well, hey, uh, we've got a great guest lined up, and uh, just fair warning: this interview may feel like there were uh, no, there was no structure, um, and that may be because there wasn't, uh, because the man that we interviewed today uh, lives without structure. And Kyler, would you like to do the honors? Yeah, Nick Warnock is a small business owner from Springfield, Missouri. He is also the bass player for the band Ho for the West. Um, he's a good friend. We've worked events with him before, and he has a lot of experience in the creative world doing multiple things from photography to um, directing. So here's our guest, and Nicholas O'Warnock. <laughs> <laughs> you, you counted us jump. Well, because you counted us in. I didn't you. know what you were counting us into. I thought we were just going to like go. We we're did going. go. We are recording. Oh, right now? Chris, yes. are we recording? Wow. We're recording. Well, All there right. was a count in, so I guess we're, we're going. All right, All here right. we are. Well, Nick, how are you? I'm, I'm super. 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 Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, Nick, take just like 10 seconds and tell us about yourself. Uh, hi, uh, I'm Nick. I'm from Cushing, Oklahoma. Uh, you might have heard it. Uh, heard of it. Uh, now I live in Springfield, though, for the last 10 years, uh, starting a motorcycle shop with some friends. Uh, I'm in a band. Um, up until recently, did a lot of media in a church. Uh, currently, without a church, but trying to find one. I don't know what that special lady is, but I'll find her. Wow. Wow, that was so awesome, Kyler. That was, that was good. <laughs> what do you mean, Kyler? It's time for your... Oh, okay, oh. now we're going to play this or that. Cool. So you're just going to answer quick unless you feel like your answer needs an explanation. So I'm going to give you two options. You have to pick. I feel like most quickly. things have explanations. Okay, well, that's fine. Oh. All right, here we go. All right. First one, Kay. coffee or tea? Coffee. Explanation? Oh, well, I, you said there's... <laughs> yeah, some, I thought... <laughs> well, okay, okay right. fine. Well, if you want to... I mean, if you want to go for it, I mean, it's, it's I thought, because... See, I thought that was one of the ones you were going to explain. It's because I don't know explain. if you've ever heard of... Oh the Boston Tea Party, but we threw that tea overboard <laughs> because we don't like the Brits and I'm not going to drink their <laughs> sewage water. I'm going to drink coffee. Next. Some of us like sewage water. Well, if you want to that... be pro-British, you go for it. Um, next one. Uh, socks or sandals? Wait. I appreciate that other? that's... I, I, <laughs> yes. I, I, I appreciate that that's not a question of... Socks with sandals. Uh, number two. I, I hate both equally. Wow. Yeah, socks constrict your feet. Okay. And sandals, I apo apologize for everyone out there that wears sandals with anything, but uh, they always look dumb. Just go barefoot. So, all right. <laughs> um, motorcycles or cars? Vintage cars. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ooh, think on that one. You got me on that one. Um. So, uh, mm, uh, motorcycle. Nice. <laughs> that's what I thought you were. I need say. to know why. Oh, I don't, we need to know why. Well, that's the problem. It's 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 a toss up. So motorcycles, uh, even though I ride them and uh, I really enjoy working on them, and I'm going to devote a part of my life to the thing, I am still terrified that I'm going to fall off and die. So, but cars, I don't have that same fear. Uh, so, like the fear factor is kind of fun, but it's also terrifying. Also. Cars, though, you can drive in the snow and the ice. But motorcycles, air, freedom, 
freedom. You can hear it ring in your ears when you ride it. Uh, Deep. I don't know, man. I like motorcycles. I don't know. Um, books or movies? Oh. M- movies. Oh. I don't, I don't, it's like I want to be a pretentious guy that likes books, but I don't read enough books. I uh, just usually just read like cliff notes on the internet and then sound like I know what I'm talking about. So one of those. I am one of those guys. So movies though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would almost be pretentious to say film, but I, I won't be that okay. guy. Wow. Um, newspaper. Pod- yeah. Podcast. Reading a newspaper or listening to a podcast. Okay. So I have this dream guys. That's a good one. I have this dream. So in this the future, that, Nick, <laughs> <laughs> I don't so know what you want. Answer it first. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, let's go newspaper. <laughs> okay, now go. So ahead. I have go this ahead. dream, guys. <laughs> dream, where I'm sitting in my motorcycle shop, my feet up on the desk, reading a newspaper. Yes, this is year 2050, and some kid comes in, and he asks for some help, and I grumpily fold down the paper and go, "Kid, all right, what do you need?" And then I help the kid. That's it. That's uh, that's the dream. But yeah, I have to have a newspaper in that dream. Sounds like some. And you have film. to be like in your fifties. Wait, what year did I say? Or twenty fifties? You know, in your twenty fifties. No, that'd be seventies. Oh. No, wait, sixty-two <laughs> in twenty fifty. Wow. <laughs> you want to do some more calculus? <laughs> no, no, I've done enough calculus this weekend. So you you can't do that until you're an old man, is what I'm asking. Well, no, no. You could like literally read a paper right now. No, where where do you get a paper? That's my other problem. I actually haven't done research to where, where do you find newspapers? You can subscribe to them still. It's amazing. No, you can't. Paperboy will drop it off at your house. Oh, I just <laughs> assume people printed their unreal. own newspapers at this point. Wow. Wow. Oh. Are we that lazy? <laughs> um, uh, final one Parks and Rec or The Office? Parks and Rec. Fantastic. Wow. No yes. hesitation. No. All, All right. right. That was it. All right. Okay. Well, cool. well, that's it, Nick. I'm sorry I stretched that out to 20 minutes. I uh, you see why I prefaced <laughs> Yeah, you should. Yeah, I should have just went for it. Sorry. Hey, so. No, it was great. Was it good? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was fine. Nick, we are glad that you're here. You know, I've never been more glad to be in this specific room in this specific building. Yeah, at this time. At right? this. On this color of carpet. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that. this is it's like a specific. Though. Carpet is? No, this, like this color. Oh, it is. Yeah. The emerald. Uh, For those it, of you listening only, it's like an emerald green, maybe. Right. A oh, deeper than okay, that. there's actually a perfect way to describe this. Take yourself back to 1993. Yes. Yeah. In any sanctuary, yep. most likely an AG sanctuary, it's that color. You're right. It's that green color. Also, in the corner there is the burgundy color chair that normally would be the backing of the pews and you're always curious of like did someone intentionally make these like green and red or was everything red at one point and they're like well let's just do the carpets and then a church split and then you got green and red everything was red at one point yeah for the blood exactly (laughs) what's the green for for the life never green oh that's better than my Couple answers. Okay. Well, so let's take it back to your your roots at AG Church mm-hmm, back mm-hmm. in the I guess it would have been mid two thousands. Ah, the aughts. So when uh, when did your general idea of like, hey, I like doing media things, start out? I don't know the moment. Um, I did have uh, I lucked out. I had a really great youth pastor. Um, this dude who does a whole bunch of media stuff. Um, Anywho, he, I think actually the reason was because Jason, my youth pastor, the guy across from here, uh, I guess that's probably not fully apparent. Um, Wait, Jason was your youth pastor? Yeah. That's correct. I didn't even know. Wait, yeah. aren't you guys close in age? Yeah. I mean, five years. Pastor. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was like. I was an idiot. I was like 50. <laughs> yeah. I guess I was like 16 oh, and you were like 21. Yeah. Um, wow. Anyway, but we, he did, he got me interested in, in making videos. First was making videos was like probably yeah. one of the first things. Um, and just like goofing around, making funny videos. Um, so we did a lot of countdown videos for youth. Um, and that was always just a blast. Um, and then slowly got more into sound. Um, I don't know why sound was actually, I will probably argue that sound. And when I first started doing it was because I like to be, a, I like to be able to look out and see what's going on, especially in a worship service. But also I like to know that no one's behind me looking at me. 
And so I think part of like the early roots of sound were, well, and there's a third one, the third one being, I hate bad sound. So like, I actually don't necessarily love doing audio, but I hate bad audio so bad. I would rather do it. Mm. And I'd rather my back to a wall and I'm in the booth. So like, there's just something about the whole experience to me. Like you're a little more away from all the people and you can worship kind of how you want. Um, at least that was really good for me being a kid. Now I don't necessarily care, but when I was a kid, I think it was good because I didn't, I don't know, we're all afraid of being embarrassed, but like for me, I was as extrovert and as fun as I am now, I was way more subdued and a little more closed off. And I don't think I had completely found who I was yet. And so it was always nice to have, I don't know, a, sort of, a certain amount of anonymity in the booth. So. Anonymity, yeah, like being anonymous. Yeah, like I just, place. just in the back. Yeah. No one knows right. who's back there. They don't know what's going on. Unless something goes bad, then everyone looks at you. But that's, yeah, that's the downside of being yeah. a sound tech. Because yeah. they know exactly no. who's yeah. back there. No. Yeah, so, so everyone turn around when something goes wrong. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. I didn't know exactly where it all started. I thought maybe it started before then. Oh, you? When did you get into? No, it's not. Uh, I know. Not I was trying interview. to. I don't like to be interviewed. Excuse me. You're doing great. Right. Am I? Yeah. Who is your biggest creative inspiration? Wow, you went there fast. Oh, were we supposed to? Oh, that's to? great. Oh. That's great. Yeah, usually there's like a build-up to that. I don't. No, not today. Dude, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we don't have time for build-ups. We don't have time for shallow shallow conversations. That's good. That's good. Also, I have pretty long-winded answers. So, uh, hey, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I look at it in a couple ways. I think there are some people who have created really incredible things. Um, oh, so their content inspires you, but not necessarily them. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So okay. So let's let's go full pretension. I love Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick is one of the greatest filmmakers, not one of the greatest filmmaker ever. Um, now he does make some very slow things, and he was uh, a jerk. He was completely a jerk the whole time he made any movies. Um, but he made perfect movies, like. Every little detail. There's a really crazy one in Tales of One Space Odyssey where um, if you freeze frame it, now we have HD, if you actually freeze frame, when the guy is about to walk into the bathroom, there is an entire uh, instructions on how to use this space toilet. And it's not short. It's huge. And so Kubrick had someone write out, how would a space toilet work? And so it's wild, right? Kubrick impresses me a lot. Um, also, though, his storytelling. Like, there's a lot of people who create really detailed stuff, but it doesn't make you feel anything. Um, on a complete side, that's how I feel about, like, metal. Like, I hate metal because it's just people playing really fast. It doesn't make me feel anything. Um, and so, if you get into music, there's a lot of people who've inspired me. Um, but the problem is with Kubrick or I was going to say like one of my big early like music inspirations, which is kind of stupid. But at this point, I feel stupid about it. But it still is. Is still Nirvana is one of my mm -hmm. biggest. Oh, I thought we were going like CCM stupid. No, that's <laughs> no, no, no. I had a youth Oops. bastard. I had a youth yeah. bastard. Didn't we didn't listen to a lot of CCM. Uh, anyway. Um, uh, anyway, the. Um, that guy. He's, he was good. He was good. He was good. We didn't have to burn our Queen albums. Thank God. Um <laughs> The uh, in your CDs. no, no, no. Um, the point of all that is what's interesting to me is I, while I do find people inspirational, I do find ideas inspirational, I don't necessarily like put someone on top. Um, because I think it's, I think it's detrimental to all of us. Um, I think a to look at someone and think that they're the, I don't know, when you put someone on a pedestal. Um, you start to believe that they're this incredible human being all the way around. Um, and it's just a matter of time before you're completely and utterly uh, let down. And that can destroy then everything you found inspirational about that person. When you understand a person's a person, it's not um, that big of a deal. And then also when you start to, to really like make, I don't know, when someone is like a huge inspiration to everything you do, and then they make a piece of trash because – well, we all make trash, like, as creative people. Um, it's part of the process, and that lets you down. It could make you question everything. And so I don't I don't really like to put people on any sort of, like, pedestal or find – like, I, I will find works inspirational, but I won't find someone necessarily inspirational. Was that a good hitting answer. close to home? Yeah, well, shoot. <laughs> the day 
the what when what was you, the day that, oh no you realize that everyone's a fraud <laughs> okay so i have a fun story i don't know when it happened but i had to have been young um i learned this recently my art teacher from middle school um, here Mrs. we go Bowen, here we go um she messaged me we were messaging for some reason on facebook because we found each other we're like holy mm-hmm. crap um and she told me a story where me and my friend robbie um so it was after the awards assembly you know, have like a middle school awards assembly or whatever yep, so yep. seventh grade probably sixth seventh grade um and Ms. Bowen's like well, what's wrong why are you guys so mad and we're like Ms. Bowen, you told us multiple times over and over again that art is not a competition and you should not compete, yet you're giving awards for the best student? That's BS. And I was like, wait, I did that in seventh grade? She was like, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize I've been that person for that long. Uh, So I don't know. I don't think it's ever – I don't think there was ever a point. I think I've – I don't know. I think just the way my life has been, I think I always saw an equality to the world and I don't. So I don't think I was ever a time when I, it all fell apart. Like I think it was always like. From the get go. From the get. Um, I don't know. Well, that's good. I could be totally wrong. Because for um, some of us, it's different. Um, I will say this other <laughs> thing. Which I think expound on that kind no, of No, I like hearing Nick's stories. Um, so there's this other one where Jason got really mad at me once. I was like, when I was young enough and, and dumb enough to not really understand like a lot of things other than I was starting to realize people make money off of things. Uh. You might have heard of capitalism. It's pretty fun. Actually, it's not bad sometimes, but sometimes. Anyway, uh, uh, there, is, there was a time we are doing communion somewhere. <laughs> and it was these dumb little like single... Uh, like single, single, yeah. single, yeah, shot of juice and little cracker on top, and it's all together, and it's yep. made as one. And I was yep. like, This is the biggest BS I've ever seen. Like, I remember talking to my friend Jared, and we were like, What is this? Like, someone's making money off of this, and yada yada. Like, why don't we have like actual bread? Like, why don't we have like grape juice or whatever? And I mean, I was in high school, I think, and Jason's just like, Stop, just stop right now. Don't do this right now. It's communion. It's like, but the, but the symbol, it's bad. Don't. And I don't know if you were mad at me or like, I don't know if you're mad, but like, you're just like, stop. I don't know if you were trying to like, stop me because there's people around and we don't need to get in a big discussion. And you're like, I believe what you're saying, just stop. Or if it was like a, at that time, just like, you're just making a big deal about nothing, which. Well, so you're starting a motorcycle company. Let's talk about that. Since you get mad at people making money off of things. Yeah. So. This is this is hard for me because I don't know what to do with it. Um, well, it, was that it, was that a good transition, everybody? No, that that, that felt like you were you're you're hurtful towards me. No, I, you know that's that's what sucks is we have to do work, um, and I think there's like that doesn't suck. I love work, um, but we have to make some sort of living. And to, the thing is, is all economic systems are awful, um, and there is always going to be a portion of people who are. Um, vulnerable and uh, sidelined and so to say like one thing is better than the other I don't think that exists Um, I'm going to gripe and complain about things but we still have to work and if we're lucky enough to do something we like to do to make money that's pretty cool and even better if we get to um, make a small business and hire people and not um, take advantage of them. Yeah. I, I think that that to me is such a big deal. So like, I don't know. I I have me and Jason were talking about this earlier. Is like I don't have a lot of ideas and faith in like this bigger world where we can create such huge change everywhere all the time. We can jump on social media or we can I don't know do whatever and become this huge leader. I don't I don't think that's something that most of us will ever be able to do. And I think usually when that does happen, I think it's proven itself to be a a corrupt thing. Um, People are corrupted very easily. But when we can make change in our own small worlds, um, our friends and people we love and care for, and our neighbors who we may not even know, but people who are legitimately within our radius, if we can not take advantage of those people, we can make sure that the people we know and love are fed and have somewhere to stay and um, also just feel like some sort of self-actualization. And in some way, I think we're we're doing all right. So I like to yell about capitalism or theology or things, but I think when you simplify it all down, it's just – well, it's what Jesus said, I think, at some point. What? 
Which is what? I, I don't. I don't actually know. What I don't did know that. Jesus? I don't actually know. <laughs> I'm unsure. I'm unsure actually at this point. Well, something I, about loving neighbors or like something. I remember that you know after you started telling that story, I remember it. But it was definitely more about the moment. Like there are times mm-hmm. when we can be mad about you know something that is we perceive as right or wrong. But there are times when there's something of greater importance. Mm-hmm. And if we're people of faith, especially a Christian faith, that should be one of the most important moments mm-hmm. we have. You look at what's happened in the last year, every church in in America, at least, if they're taking communion, they're using those little cups. Yeah. So somebody's, somebody's making a lot of money, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But does that diminish the importance of what's going on at that moment during those weeks? Like that's that's what I think. There's a there's a greater moment where we've got to put aside whatever worldly ideas we have, mm-hmm. because there's something that that takes us beyond this world. And mm-hmm. communion is a moment that takes us beyond that world if we're properly observing it, right? Because it should should remove us from this world and move us into a place, yeah, you know, with Christ, yeah. So that that's the point of that. But I think that 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 helps us. You know, I think there are things we can be mad about. And, you know, even as creatives, we can create things or we can have people analyze our work or whatever. We can be mad about it. But hopefully we're doing things that eventually take somebody beyond this this place, mm-hmm. you know, and take take them into a place with Jesus. Um, but you are. You're starting a, a motorcycle business. I am. I am. Why? I mean, you talk about motorcycles, but um, what's this, like, kind of what's the, you, you shifted, you worked mm-hmm. at a video production house. We mm-hmm. haven't even mm-hmm. touched on that, really. Yeah. But and you've shifted and you're you're starting this. What's that? What was that story like? Um, you know, a lot of it was, um, as long as I've had a camera in my hand, which is like my teenage years. Ten years before that, I still had a wrench in my hand. When I was a like, I think four or five, I got my first tool set, and so I've always been wrenching. Oh. <laughs> yeah, always wrenching. I've always been wrenching on stuff. Um, not to say I was ever good at it, but it was something I always did, and I like to play with stuff and. I like to fix things for friends, um, and I like to make things louder or faster. And so um, it's always been a struggle for me of which direction to go. Do I go video? Do I go or fit photography? Um, originalist photography. Um, and then, or do I go towards mechanics? And um, I did in high school go and take uh, some Votech classes, and I realized how much I don't want to work on someone's Saturn. And I know that's already outdated. But yeah, that's that, why I've that's always That's an impressive uh, yeah. cut right there. Well, I mean, Saturn. Yeah, I don't want to work on your Saturn. And I feel like anyone that remembers a Saturn, you remember Saturns. They were awful. And no one wants to work on those. Um, I want to work on something fun and interesting. And it's partially my own, like, I have to have fun. Um, and Such so. A seven. Hi, I'm 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 an Enneagram seven. I was actually trying to not say anything about the Enneagram or seven because every podcast that has any Christian roots has to talk about the Enneagram. I wasn't gonna do it. Sorry, I wasn't gonna do it. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, so anyway, I always have to have fun. So um, yeah, so I, you know, it was always kind of a fun thing. Um, and that, but yeah, I quickly realized I couldn't. I was not gonna work in a dealership or work on other people's cars. Um, and so I kind of put that on back burner because, like, I, I just – at some point I thought about being, like, a hot rod builder when I was in high school, and I didn't do it. Um, and then I think because about the same time I was getting into media, um, and I, I look back at those things. So, so yeah, so since then, um, I've, I've done media des- – I've done design, photography, and video for a couple different companies, in-house marketing. Um, this last place I was at, I was actually um, business development, so I actually did a lot more on the sales side. Um, I still got to do some gripping grip work and some audio work, um, but it just wasn't scratching the itch. Like it's, I don't know. It for me, one of the problems it, it's it's a problem I have with photography too. Was going from the dark room to digital. It doesn't. I'm not saying this for everyone. Just for my own my own self. Like I need a physical something after I'm done. And doing a photo and you like go through the dark room process. That's really incredible. Um, but to see it digitally afterwards, 
it just never, and then you deliver, you know, like a thousand photos to a wedding client and it just never really scratched the itch. And I still take photos and I still do quite a bit. What I'm lucky is, is that all of that time doing photos and design and photo- and uh, video, I came to a place where I know how to do marketing and I know how to do content. And now I get to do motorcycles and I get to use those things to then continue like making really cool stuff. Um, and that's really exciting. Um, because part of motorcycle to me, motorcycle building is very much about aesthetics and building cool things and to combine like the mechanical side of my brain and the creative side into building things is just really exciting. And then, photos and videos and and still do like road trips where we tell a story about the trip or whatever it is it kind of can combine all the things i'm really interested in so sweet i don't know if that was actually an answer to your question do you, do you have a uh, like when will this be up and running is it still in process or it's it's still in process there's a lot kind of uh gears are kind of moving <laughs> um uh, I didn't mean to do that. Yes, he did. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, producer Chris. The goal is uh, going on a big road trip in uh, early May. So we can do a bunch of content stuff. Uh, I'm going to take a couple motorcycles with us to, to Oregon and come back. And then we're going to take that, use that as content so we can start um, schlepping merch. And then uh, hopefully we use that money to then. The merch is going to come in little cups with a pill top, oh, little hat, little you put comedic. it in water, and then it'll grow. <laughs> think that's okay so uh anyway it's kombucha in a little and then the peel off is like a peanut i just <laughs> they could be road trip snacks i don't want to sell i don't want to sell my wares but i don't i also don't want to starve to death um okay i don't know what to do i don't know i don't know what you want from me road trip keep going um so we'll get back and then hopefully we'll take we'll, t- well hopefully we will take that money and uh start repairing bikes and we will also hopefully this is where it gets tricky is like start building bikes and mm-hmm. so we we want to get to a place where we are just building bikes and selling merch and helping people fix things more of in like a way like hey this is how you rebuild a carburetor hey this is what's going with your bike let's help you fix it so we can get people to be self-sufficient in motorcycling because motorcycles are just i mean it's a whole bucket of maintenance it's just constant maintenance um and so if you're interested in it like it's going to take some work and so we want people to do that than pay us thousands of dollars a year like this is your thing we want you to to be hands-on with it and i think it's also a lot of training um I don't know, just to just for a second, take a step out of the digital world and and get into I don't know the physical space again, and 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 take a moment in some hobbies. Which I mean, people have a lot of cool hobbies that really are physical. I've got a lot of friends that do climbing, um, a lot of people that hike. Um, but for me, being in the garage, tinkering on stuff, that's always been where m- my headspace has always cleared out. So I would love for people who don't have anything else and would love to get in that hobby to be able to to kind of enjoy it um, in that way. Cool, cool. And your band. Oh, yeah, I'm in a band. I don't know why I keep talking about that. I think, so we've been recording an album for, I don't know, like (laughs) a year and a half. Um, Eh, Not that long. Yeah, you know. um, We've been a band for like four years and never played a show. Um, I blame (laughs) COVID mostly, but uh, that's only been the last year, so that doesn't even make sense. Um, But, yeah, we're uh, we're a little band uh, called Ho for the West. I thought it was Ho comma the west oh so it's ho comma for the west no it's ho exclamation point ho for the west for the west perfect yeah there you go okay. just like that yeah, yeah so uh you know it's it's kind of like a uh, i don't know early 90s sounding alt band like pavement or uh built a spill oh, i don't know any of those right <laughs> hello i am not pretentious <laughs> not at all <laughs> oh wow so what that's do you, what do you play in your band? Bass. Nice. Bass. Yeah. So is there are these all original numbers mm-hmm. you guys do? All original. Wow. Hopefully we'll get to play some music in front of some people soon. Someday, uh, one day. Hopefully soon. So you know another thing that we haven't really talked about. You dabble a lot in live production, and I uh, do. so speaking of all that, what are your yep. thoughts on um, events and things coming back? You said you hope to to play in. Yeah, I in the am. Future. I am stoked. Um, I, you know, it's been a really hard time, I think, for everyone. And part of that is community. And I I don't, you don't really realize how important, A, like small gatherings are to community, um, but also the 
big gatherings. Um, the big gatherings are really cool because especially, you know, I think like a show, like let's just go to the concert for a second is like you go and it's a band that you like. And it's like probably kind of niche. Like people don't really see stuff they don't like, which means you then are in a room full of people that like the same band as you do, which means you immediately have something to talk about. You've got stuff to talk about. Um, and so then you can like find new friends and meet new people. And, um, and so I'm really excited about the community aspect. I'm just stoked to, to walk out of a show with my ears ringing and a huge smile on my face and like processing, like what just happened. Um, and, and that's just like the concert side. I'm, I'm stoked to see, I don't know, uh, like conferences come back. Like I, I didn't go to a lot. I've worked a lot, but I've not gone to a lot, but I'd love to see some people speak it. And I'd love to see like stand up comedians. I'd love to do everything out of my house again. Um, in venues. I, yeah, I, I, I love events and I love to see people pull off events. I love to see all the design to an event. I love to see, um, how quick things can work on stage if it's like a smooth production. Um, I love to see, I don't know, yeah, the ins and outs of everything. So I, I it's it's like a it's almost like a film for me. Like it's to see all the things move in and out and if it flows well and the story, like is there a story to the entire event and does it like move through that? Nice. Um, it's super cool. Um, and I think that can work, you know, in, in a church event. I think that works really well in like, even, even a concert where like do the three bands they played that night to, they even make sense together. Um, and yeah, or even as small as like, you know, like this is still an event or like going to the movie theater and seeing a movie. Um, uh, I've talked with a lot of people about movies and it's so funny cause like you watch a movie at home it does not hit the same as going to a theater. Like I've sat out in parking lots of theaters since I was a kid and we'll talk for two hours about like, what did we get from that movie? Like what was going on? Why did that happen? Um, what do you think the reason for all this was? Um, and yeah, so I'm, yeah, no, I'm stoked. I'm stoked all over the place about this, about events coming back. So I've been at a, several events where you've been the tech director, right? That's the right one. No, the the director, the, the director, director, ma'am, ma'am, the director. I am. I have been the director of a few events. Yeah, yeah, that I've been at. Uh huh. And I'm actually you're terrified. Great of director. I would never know you were terrified. Wait, terrified of what? What were you gonna say? I, I was. I'm terrified of what you're gonna ask me. Oh, after I was that. just gonna ask how you how you got so good at directing. But you also, so for the first couple of events I was with you, you just gave great direction. And then the mm -hmm. last couple, you've created a lot of space for us to be more creative. That's a great question. Um, you know, it, I think it comes down to um, I am kind of, I can be a jerk um, on. Word. What's up? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. I can be a jerk on a headset when I'm directing uh, right, an event. Right, right, right. Um, and. Part of that is because, I don't know, do better. Um, I mean. Uh, do better. Uh, but, you know, when you first start out, there's there's not a lot of time. So the reason I'm usually a jerk is there's no time for niceties. It's just like, yep. get your focus, headroom, whatever. Um, so like, there's, and, and it's live. Like, everybody live. sees. Everyone sees exactly on. what's yeah, happening. Right. There's no edits, um, which makes it really fun. And so as soon as you can get people kind of trained in the logistical ways um then i then you can start to see like what their vision is and what they are seeing and i think that's kind of the beauty of, of a of a camera is perspective it's all about the perspective of of something um and the same with anything creative even like a soundboard like i run sound in a way that makes people confused because i don't like loud vocals um and so like if i'm running worship sound i will drop the vocals because i just kind of want them in the background just to barely let us know what the words are um but so it's so subjective on how you do things and instead of looking at the entire production as like a checklist of this thing has to happen this thing has to happen this thing happens that is things that those are things that have to happen, but it's kind of like what I said earlier, and I might have accidentally said this, but if you look at it as a whole story and like it's a lot of people bringing their own little bits and ideas to the table, 
if you can trust those people and you've kind of instilled in them like, what's the overall vision, which I don't actually do. Like the overall vision is coming from Jason or it's coming from, from Chris or like those big ideas. But like from there, it's like, okay, so the colors are this or like the feel and tone of it, this, um, where are we going with that idea? And so as soon as you get a team together, um, that you can really trust and lean on, or if like some of the team members, which has been really cool recently where like there's some, some of the team that's like brand new. So it's like, okay, I'm going to work really hard on them. Um, and the other one's going to kind of let them go. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully as I can tell the ones are like, Hey, that's a really great shot. You're doing some really great things. Hopefully they can kind of get what they were doing. And then usually by the end of an event, you can see the other side being less timid and more like, I'm just gonna go for it. And it's like, yeah, go for it, dude, go for it, go for it. And then you get to bring all these pieces together. And then everyone just sees like the one thing, the whole, you know, the whole idea as it's immediately being edited and created, which is really exciting. Uh, but what, what was the first, I don't know what the question no, was. I think that was right. I think that answered it. Well, I think one thing I'd kind of like to follow, cause she, she mentioned how the first couple of events you worked, mm -hmm. um, it, it seemed like you were a little more like, directorial Forward, mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and then but but as time has gone it's been a little more like you've you let the people like you kind of set the the guidelines but mm -hmm. you let the camera ops or you let the people work within those guidelines so mm -hmm. what i mean i think you talked about it a little bit but but i just want to kind of expand on that how did how do you feel that that tension of of maybe you were a little up uptight is probably not the right word but mm -hmm. when you started there yeah. was probably a level of pressure on you yeah that maybe you don't feel yeah quite as much anymore yeah and i i think that is i think that's indicative of anything you do as when you start um i've been doing it for a long time and i i do i still get terrified before we start um and um oh yeah absolutely um and typically you'll, you'll hear it in more of like, I'm furious more than you'll hear me as like terrified. Um, but it's, it's the saying I always say of like, okay, the hardest part of a show is the same with a plane. It's the landing and, or the takeoff and the landing. If we don't get the takeoff right or we don't get the landing right, it's going to be awful. And everyone's going to remember that everything in the middle is fine. Yeah. Um, and so as, as I've gotten older, I've just done it so much. Well, there is a certain amount of like, anxiety or whatever it's it's almost more of an excitement it's it's not like i'm terrified that the whole thing is just going to burn down when i was younger is like oh i'm gonna miss this cue or that cue there's there's also i think with most things you start to understand what the important bits are and what the non-important bits are and as soon as you um have an idea of oh this thing doesn't matter i'm not going to worry about it what are the important bits then you can really start to like do whatever you want. And it turns out that like, I don't know, there's some guys like a, like some statement about this of like, there's a percentage of like the real trick to living life is not necessarily making the right decisions. It's like figuring out what decisions are the ones you need to make. Right. Um, and so within, Sheesh. <laughs> that hit home. Did that get you? Uh, so anyway, <laughs> within something as, as dumb as an event, um, which I love, but like, it's still just like people come together and like, like we can worship God however we want in a church event. Like we're coming together for like this, this other thing. And we get to do, we get to craft something and a lot of people are doing things. But at the end of the day, it's like, oh, it's an event. And it's like, not that important. Also understanding that is like, what's important. What's not important. What's important in this event that people find God in some way. And what's great is it's probably going to happen with or without us. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping it's going to happen with or without us, but I am excited that we might be able to give some sort of inspiration or some sort of thought towards, um, I don't know, me with God in a different way. Maybe, um, all of that to say, I think what's, uh, Oh, why I have gotten less and less. Like you didn't see me like 10 years ago. I was like, crazy um scary yeah i i ripped into some kids um and if you're out there i'm sorry i'm sorry um but as it's gone on i'm less worried about the final outcome because i know it's gonna be good i i don't have any like there's at this point i never even it doesn't cross my head that's gonna be a failure it's gonna work um and it's not because of me it's because there's a lot of great people working and if we we're all shooting for a goal it's going to be fine. 
Um, it may not be the best show that's ever mm. happened or the most perfect one, um, but it's going to be good. That's one thing I fear. And, I mean, it, you learn it over time. Um, you know, I, I, we've we've talked about it. Nick and I have talked about it quite a bit here in the last year, two years. Um, you know, his approach is, is more relaxed. My approach is much more relaxed than it was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, be, and it's because when you know you have a good team and when you know you have people you can trust, it, it relieves some of that pressure of just feeling like everything has to, to go mm-hmm. a certain way. Um, but then the other part of it is um, I think you realize that, like you said, things are going to go whether the production team is in sync or not. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the most important thing a production team can do is hit their cues. Yep. Um, but whether someone's on the right camera shot is on screen at the right time or whatever, that's, you know, that's really not as important as just whatever's being heard, whatever's being said and, and all that kind of stuff. And so I think sometimes we put so much pressure, um, feeling like it has to be like this, you know, network television event or some giant Mm. sporting event. And it's like, it's just not, and it doesn't lessen the importance of what the church is doing every Sunday, Mm. but it's just like, we don't have to. We don't have to produce that every week, nor feel the pressure to produce it every week. Um, mm-hmm. Because sometimes I think, you know, creatives, especially if the church has, like, invested money to get this technology or to do these things, you're like, okay, we've got to, like, knock it out of the park every week and mm-hmm. do this and do that. And, like, you should always strive for, for something that looks good, feels good, sounds good. But um, at the end of the day, that's not what's most important. And I'd also argue that you can't make great work if you're so wound up and so stressed. Mm -hmm. You have to, like, take a step back and just allow things to kind of move. (laughs) I've got one more question. Oh, no. It's a question we ask all of our guests. Okay. And that is, do you have any words of encouragement for fellow creatives out there? I think the only thing you can do as creative, the literally the best thing you can do is just keep doing the thing. That's it. That's all there is. Keep doing the thing. And you have to take that and keep doing the thing because really great stuff comes out when you're like fully like entrenched in existentialism or like a breakup or like a crisis of faith or like whatever the thing is, you just keep on. You just keep making stuff. Everything else burns down your life. You keep making stuff. That's it. Just keep making stuff. We want to thank Nick again for taking time to join us. He is a dear friend. And uh, so as Morda Motors becomes a thing in Springfield, go check them out. I'm sure they'll be on all the socials and and all the things like that. So uh, thank you again, Nick. How'd you say their name? Morda Motors. That's how Chris said (laughs) it. Morda Motors. Morda Motors. There. You get free publicity, Nick. Come on the show. Free publicity. There you go. Go work on your bikes in Springfield. Uh, well, hey, uh, we, we just kind of lucked out for this segment because Kyle's not here again this week. Uh, so talking about things Kyle hates, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, how are you guys feeling? Let's just let's not go details of the episodes. Okay. But how are you guys feeling knowing that we're now like a third of the way through the season already? Um, what are your thoughts? Go, go, Chris. You've got thoughts. I know you do. Eh. <laughs> That's your thought? That's my thoughts of the show. Like, eh, comma, or eh, period. It's like, eh. Oh, two take, H's. Take it how you will. <laughs> two H's? <laughs> two like, H's. Eh. Yeah. So you're just, what? I mean, what? You got to have some thought behind that. I mean, the show, it's, it's keeping my interest because I just want to see where it goes. But it's not keeping me, like, wanting more. Like, the first part of WandaVision didn't. The last part of WandaVision was trash. But every single episode, ending of an episode in WandaVision, you're like, oh, shoot, what's about to happen in the next episode? And so where where is it going? With Captain Falcon and Winter Soldier, I'm just like... Captain Falcon? Captain Falcon, no, that's... (laughs) I wasn't going to say anything, Captain Soldier and Winter Falcon. um, (laughs) Like, I'm just like, I'm indifferent. I don't don't really... I want to know where it goes, but I'm just like, eh. I'm not excited for it. Well, there you go. Kyler? I... Which this okay now I'm thinking about it makes sense because this was supposed to come out before WandaVision mm-hmm. did, and so starting with WandaVision where they gave us like bangers every yeah. episode with big cliffhangers, um, 
I guess I kind of set people's expectations higher. So I'm hearing a lot of the same things as Chris's. But I think this, I think the show's more structured as a show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I personally like it. I like how they're diving deep into different things. Like they're really tackling racism and um, like what it's going to look like for Sam slash the Falcon to be like in the hero spot. Yeah, if he were actually to pick up the shield. Right, yeah. right. And then they could go so many different directions and I'm really not trying to dive deep into fan theories as I was as Wanda just because Bucky's character alone is so complex. Mm-hmm. Like in the comics, I watched a video from Looper and it was like um, behind the Winter Soldier and his character just, they literally could do whatever they want and yeah. it's going to be crazy. But Because technically in the comics, he becomes the new Cap, which I'm not yeah, opposed to point, because yeah. I'm Team Bucky all the way. But that's the T... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against Sam. His character is great. Love him, but like Team Bucky. Team Bucky. <laughs> well, I do think this show has more longevity. Like I think that, like you said, the, right. sh- the show structure I think lends itself to to honestly maybe getting six episodes in a season that doesn't really tell you a whole lot, but right. leads you into another season. Right. Um, I think WandaVision was set up to be a thing that did kind of propel you into a place. Like, you know, probably the new Doctor Strange movie, but mm-hmm. I don't know if there's much thought given beyond it right. as mm-hmm. far as another season or um, I'm sure if it makes enough money or gets enough viewers or whatever, they'll they'll keep plugging it along. But um, I don't know. I think there's complexity, like you mentioned. I think there are things there that they can work off of. And I do think it suffers a little bit from being after WandaVision, yeah. mm-hmm. where I think it was meant to be. Um, it was definitely meant to come out first. Mm-hmm. And I think some of those storylines, maybe they've had to tweak along the way to, to make it fit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I'm not disappointed yet. Like, honestly, me, I'm more into it than I was in WandaVision. Uh, the only thing I really cared about in WandaVision was the the sitcom style. Once mm-hmm. they, you know, I said that earlier, but once they moved out of that, I was like done with, right, the, with right. it. Um, I just thought it was a unique, unique way mm-hmm. to tell a story. You know, this definitely feels more like a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, shot similar and, and all that, but I just like that they're able to go in deep on the characters. Right. Um, so anyway, that's your, your, uh, segment of things Kyle hates to talk about. <laughs> but everybody else enjoys. <laughs> Holy cannoli. Oh. There it is. <laughs> Um, well, hey, uh, it's about time we wrap up, but we did uh, mention that, you know, Easter was, was yesterday. And uh, Kyler, you, you are great. You, you uh, produce our, our rundowns for every episode and um, you just you just throw on a question. And I thought we might want to tackle it. But your question was, how can we in the church keep the gospel simple but accurate? Mm. Because. I have grown to loathe Easter, just being blunt. Not not the cele- not the celebration of Christ's resurrection. I've grown to loathe how it is celebrated. Hmm. Just because everything's not overhyped, but it's just so like gaudy and like obnoxious and I feel like for all the wrong reasons and so the gospel's been produced in a very not dramatic because it's the gospel. It's Jesus dying on the cross, but it's produced in a very like hype way. So it feels like throughout the rest of the year, it's like undersold mm-hmm. and it's built up to this one day, which I get it. Like Christ is risen, but like we're supposed to live every day. Um, and so I just I'm wondering how as a church we can be better about simply celebrating the gospel, but in but keeping the accuracy and the the weight the weightiness mm-hmm. to to what it is. Well, I I think that's the key right there what you just said keeping the weightiness. I I feel like um yeah, we've we've probably had these conversations off air and um Nick and I our guest um we've had several of these conversations over the last, you know, 20 years or whatever. Um but uh I I feel like we've we've grown to become a a church that doesn't handle the seriousness of what following Jesus really is. And we've, we've just made it where it's, you know, we've, we've heard the comments, you make it easy to come to church or you make it easy not to come to church or you make Mm -hmm. it, you know, because we just kind of have a raw, raw moment. And unfortunately Easter sometimes is the biggest raw, raw moment we have. Or some churches are like, well, the week after Easter is the biggest raw, raw moment we have. And, you know, because it's like, we know the most people are coming in. 
Um, but I, I think that I, I, for me, this is just me personally. This is why I've in the last, you know, eight or nine years, I've just dove headlong into like, well, what did the ancient church practice? Mm. What were their thoughts? What were, you know, the people who were, who were much closer in proximity to Jesus than I was in terms of like when he was walking on this earth, mm-hmm. you know, so they learned from the actual apostles. Mm-hmm. And so like, and I look at they were not at all afraid to say following Jesus is a challenge, it's a commitment, mm-hmm. and it's a journey, and it will probably not end well for your physical life. <laughs> like, And, you know, it's a different time then than it is now in a lot of ways, but, but there are so many things I think we've done to say everything about following Jesus and coming to church and the community of church is just all roses. Um, where as the early church recognized that it is a challenge to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people get turned off by the fact that it is challenging because we just haven't done a good job of teaching that it is a commitment. And we, you know, we've talked about lack of discipleship before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's all part of it. And so to me, it's, it's, it's being honest and saying following Jesus is a challenge. Come here Easter, listen to this wonderful story, this story that people – people can't make sense of, but they're still talking about 2000 years later. This is where faith comes in. This is what belief is all about. But your faith and your belief has to carry you to the next week and to the next day Mm -hmm. and to your job and through the struggles. And when you go through family issues and when you uh, go through health struggles, like we have to do a better job of teaching people. I think that it's, it is about one day. Our faith is built on this moment, right? but the journey is much more than this one day. Right. Chris? No, I, I agree. It's uh, the church, I think, doesn't do a good job of uh, reminding people to, you're, you, have, you have to crucify yourself daily, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's moment by moment. And so I think that's that's a element that we lack in, and we like to kind of polish the gospel a little bit and say, hey, it's, it's, it's all pretty and dandy, just... Uh, follow Jesus and by follow Jesus, ask Jesus into your heart and then boom, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. When really it's, it's literally kind of having to kill yourself every day to follow well, Jesus. He says deny yourself. Yeah. Right? Deny yourself every day. So. Yeah, but that's just what Jesus said. Yeah. No, I agree. I think, <clears throat> I think by keeping it simple, like it's simple. The gospel's simple because of who Jesus is. Like mm-hmm. it's easy to say yes in in these moments and these encounters we have, but the weightiness comes from like surrender and denying yourself and people don't want to talk about that cuz you know if you're not happy, why do it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's part of the culture we've created. Um that's the the ever devolvement of society in so many ways, but yeah, you know, we've just created these independent thinkers and uh, you know, if it's not good for me, then I don't want to do it. And, right. you know, the whole essence of following Jesus is not about me. Like, that's literally what it what it is. Right. You know, and so that's it is a challenge. Like, it's not not easy to do. But I just think sometimes the church has has veered too far into we'll just embrace all those thoughts. We'll just embrace all those things. Mm-hmm. And, and we kind of will leave out the parts of like. No, it, it kind of ended badly for all of Jesus's disciples. Right. You I know? mean, his best friend yeah. beheaded like by some nasty queen. I don't want to harp on a church, but well, I Easter Sunday is just it's a beautiful thing. And I'm glad for one day of the year, the body's like unified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then Christmas and yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason those two two experiences are the biggest like there's a reason those two things is because they are the core core of our faith you know if jesus doesn't come to earth he doesn't he doesn't die for our sins and rise to show he has power over death in the grave like you know so those things have to be core to our our belief and they have to be big things but yeah we don't have to we don't we can let the story i think speak for itself right yeah exactly you know and sometimes i think we just we just try to make such a spectacle of the story Mm -hmm. that maybe like you said it's just keeping it simple 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think that helps us keep it accurate too, mm-hmm. since that's kind of the way you right. you bridged it. Well, so like I've mentioned it before on this episode, but like you know, I think I, I worry sometimes. In the last year, we've we veered into more of these kind of questions and conversations on this podcast, mm-hmm. and not just straight line. Hey, so what's your media thing, and what's your? Right. But um, I I do feel like it's important for the creative people to talk about it, and the people who do the creative things in the church to talk about it because. Um, I, I, there's a better word for this, but it, for lack of a better word, they're the tastemakers. Mm-hmm. Like they're the ones who are tasked with creating this this moment or creating these things, you know, for for the the congregation to consume and also for like in uh, maybe an Easter or Christmas for people who wouldn't normally come. And so there's there's the pressure there, but there's also just this amazing opportunity to let this simple gospel. Mm-hmm. And and use an accurate depiction of what it is, and really help people understand how they can move forward in their faith. Mm-hmm. But that's why I do think these conversations are good, even in this this space, because I think in so many ways the creative people are the ones who are going to push what what the the church sees and ex- experiences from a visual and auditory standpoint, and things mm-hmm. like that. Not 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 talking about well, obviously they're going to experience Jesus, like that's, but they're going to help people move into that moment. Right. And so I think we have to acknowledge these things that maybe the church hasn't always done a great job of it, mm-hmm. at least in our lifetime. Right. Um, so thank you for bringing this this conversation. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of time, it's probably time we say goodbye. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. There's we got the wrap it up from our our producer. Our producer. Yeah. So uh, Chris, Chris, you wave your finger at me one more time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Chris, any last thoughts before we get out of here? No last thoughts. All right, Kyler. Nunzo. Nunzo. Uh, what about Kyle? Kyle, have any thoughts for us? Holy cannoli! No, I want a cannoli. <laughs> you want a cannoli? Well, we'll all we'll all leave here and uh, go grab a cannoli. Um, but uh, we thank you for listening, and uh, we hope you guys have a great week. Uh, we'll be back next week, and stay tuned. We'll have an announcement. We have a, a viewing party coming up. <laughs> <laughs> that we're going to work out. And so uh, it should be fun. Yeah, and we're going to work out. <laughs> yeah, we're going to work it out. And then uh, don't forget, uh, in May, you can get all the details at recreateok.com, but we have our May gathering in Tulsa, and I will help you register and join us. <laughs> I forgot there was this fitness program that they used to show on TV for a while called Body Gospel. Body Gospel? <laughs> yes. And it's like, these, it's like jazzercise, but these people were wearing choir robes. This is not real. It's real. Look it up. Body gospel. It sounds like a hosier song, but... (laughs) (laughs) Body gospel. Well, well, while Chris is looking it up for us as we get out of here, uh, for Chris Ainsworth, for Kyler Clapp, and for Kyle Lee, uh, who's unable to join us this week, I'm Jason Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. Create a radio show.